0: Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like.
1: Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn.
0: All right, everybody. For episode 75, I have invited in some friends from FAME RC. For those of you that don't know, we're going to get to what FAME uh, stands for, but RC stands for writing... Writers club writers club. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so super excited to get to introduce these guys, get to this episode 75. It's crazy. I've done 75 episodes, man. Yeah, it's Congratulations. Awesome. This is like Just like yesterday, we were film or recording this thing in the attic of a buddy's of a buddy's business. So it's we've come a long ways, man. It's been <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, before we get to all that though, episode 75 part one is brought to you by steps recovery centers where they are ready to help you or a loved one get help as soon as you're ready to reach out you can reach out to them by calling them at 801-800-8142 or you can visit their website just go to stepsrc.com and again they're they're ready to help you or a loved one get help as soon as you're ready to reach out you guys may have some experience with steps huh talk to me big dog
2: (laughs) hey what's up jared so uh yeah a big shout out to steps recovery center um You know i'm not only in recovery but i do work for steps recovery and i have for the past six years and it is by far the best treatment center in all of utah probably the world
0: (laughs) yeah no i agree i say that every week i'm like i may be a little bit biased because i work for them but they're amazing they're fantastic absolutely julie julie watson is probably
3: the best house manager you could ever have she's great to work for
0: (laughs) 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 he may have a little bit of bias there too so who's julie to you julie's my wife Fantastic. And Julie is. She's an amazing house manager. So thank you. Did I miss something? Oh, sweet. No, no, you're good. You're good, bro. (laughs) Directing traffic with four people on here is going to be a tough, tough challenge. So thanks to those guys. We appreciate Steps Recovery Center for sponsoring our podcast. All right. So we always start off with kind of new and goods, right? Practice a little positive psychology. It's real easy to complain about gas prices, real easy to complain about you know, the stuff the president's saying about President Putin and all the craziness that's going on in the world, right? We can all agree to that, yeah? Absolutely. So what is some positive stuff, AKA new and goods going on in your life? And I'm gonna have Aaron, AKA Big Dog, start us off.
2: Shoot, that one's easy, Jared. So, hey, I'm really blessed. I got nothing to complain about. I gotta say, uh, you know, along with having one of the best supportive wives in in the world who loves motorcycles and loves football uh (laughs) how did you luck
1: out man that's a great combo god God was looking out for me (laughs) i'm telling you brother
2: uh you know it's just been a hell of a ride it really has i'm coming up here next month on 14 years clean
0: that's new and Um, good
2: that's new and good and uh (laughs) it's gone by fast and um i'm telling you man i just do what's fun recovery's fun riding harleys is fun um i love that because it's like i didn't get i didn't get clean to just be bored out of my mind and turn
0: into a no a square right you gotta enjoy yourself you gotta yeah, have your if,
2: it, if it was square i wouldn't be here
0: yeah yeah absolutely well thanks i appreciate you checking in with us yeah, you got it bro all right next is gonna be christian aka crispy what's new and good in your world man
4: you're gonna have to forgive me if I'm a little starstruck in in the presence of the famous Jared Miller. You know, I, I've been <laughs> oh, watching him <laughs> for a while. Get out of here, buddy. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hey, and congratulations on your 75th episode. That's really awesome, man. And good you. work you're doing here.
0: Hey, there's no ego. We're all equal, man.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, everything's good in my life. I mean, there's, there's life is life, um, but I'm still clean. I'm still riding my Harley around town. I'm still free in the wind. And the, I'm working towards finally getting back into St. George, so I don't have to work in Mesquite any further, and that's there's hope there, so I'm excited for that news. That's awesome. How yeah, about awesome. that new Harley, though, Prez? That, that's new and good. Well, yeah, I got a new <laughs> Harley about a month and a half ago. <laughs> he
0: completely forgot his, his brand-new Harley, huh?
4: That's a part of me, though. You know, that just oh, kind of okay. comes with the
0: package. Oh, so. Yeah, I get that. I get that, yeah. Yeah, it's just an extension of you. So. Absolutely. they ain't
4: no thing absolutely
3: cool and then we got randy aka diz what's new and good in your world buddy man just the world period is new and good you know i had um, almost eight years clean went out um just took my two years uh last month um so that's that's super good for me to be you know back in the back in the you know one year period where i can raise my hand again you know that's awesome i've been waiting for that um and just just life life is good today um happy times riding the harleys like aaron said with the brothers can't beat that going out with your brothers and just going for a nice, nice ride, you know, looking forward to, you know, a couple of rides we got coming up and, and just it's good times.
0: Yeah, dude. And the, listen, I've watched
3: you guys for a while
0: and the bond and the connection that I've seen grow, you know, as a, as a substance abuse counselor, we, we teach a lot of like the social piece, right? Who you surround yourself with and to watch you guys and what you guys are doing. It's fantastic because it's, it's creating that social connection, that social piece. So so, yeah, that's why I'm super excited to have you guys on. I'm starstruck having you guys on here, man. Like, we, hey, we've been trying to do this for a minute, right, Aaron? Yeah, we sure have. Uh, we have. We have. So we got it figured out. Okay. First of all, though, we, we found out Crispy rides a
2: Harley. So I got to know what the rest of you guys. Aaron, what do you ride, man? 2020 Harley Davidson Electric Glide. Woo. Street Glide, isn't it? No. Oh, it's Electric, electric Glide. Glide, police okay. edition. That's right. Uh, nice. Pumped
0: up. <laughs> he had that down. You know <laughs> what I mean?
2: It'll beat any bike in town.
0: There you go. Oh, there, there you go. And Crispy, what was yours? What kind of Harley you got?
3: Uh,
4: 2017 Street Glide Special. Nice.
3: Nice. Which one and is? I got a 2020 Road Glide and then a 2002 Electric Glide. Nice. And so can I borrow one? You can borrow the electric light. You don't <laughs> got to so it
0: don't move, anyways.
1: Hey, Jared, you can get on the back of my 85 Suzuki. Hold on tight. We'll go for a ride.
0: Sean Denivan, I almost forgot you. What's new and good, buddy? What's new? I didn't forget you. I was coming oh, back no, to it's you. It's
1: fine. I, just, I, just, I always have to just kind of poke in and go, hey, I, I ride this like 40 year old piece of crap and still keep up with the guys. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's all good. So, what uh, is yours? New what, and good. What we, do you got? I, I sold my lot in Tocqueville. That's all said and done. Nice. nice. So, uh, uh, and then I think it's—I think I said last week the wife bought a motorcycle. So this weekend's going to be buying stuff and getting her bike all ready for the for the road.
0: We got to get you connected with these guys. And oh, I know these you guys.
1: Know? We, kind of, yeah. we, kind of, we
0: kind of intersect. Well, I like want a picture of you guys all together riding. You know, these guys. They cropped Harley's. me out of the pictures because of my bike. <laughs> what did they you? let
1: me go on the ride? But they <laughs> cropped me out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? It's more Home Depot than Harley.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That thing's my bike is 100% ghetto.
0: <laughs> it's cool so, though, man. But the
1: one thing I do say is, I've watched a lot of these Harley friends of mine. They have to get towed home, and they have to make things. I've never been towed home. Thank oh, nice. you. Been to Canada and back. Been to Sturgis and back. crossed the desert, never had to be towed home. So that's that's my little claim
0: to fame. So it's reliable. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Although if I had another twenty five grand on, yeah, I'd buy a Harley. But I got this thing for like <laughs> fifteen hundred bucks, and I'm getting every penny I can out of it. There anyway, you go. Anyway, Jared, what's your new and good? Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> and good Missed there that. it is
0: there it is um new and good let's see my new and good is i'm taking some time off work this week gonna gonna be doing some studying i got a my test coming up so i'm excited to to finally get state certified in what i do technically i'm still just uh you know intern so sure. yeah so i'm excited for that that'll be good that's my new and good um i'm with you guys though like every day right every day is new and good it's it's fantastic Okay. So talk to us for those of, for people that have been listening, we're almost 10 minutes into this
4: thing. They're probably wondering, okay, what does fame stand for? Family affiliated motorcycle enthusiasts,
0: family affiliated motorcycle
4: enthusiast. And who came up with that name? I did. Boom. How did you come up with it? Family affiliated stands for our relation to the anonymous uh, fellowship that we follow and our connection to that group. Uh, and then motorcycle enthusiast speaks for itself
0: way cool way cool mm-hmm. so you guys all are in a fellowship you all work a program
4: absolutely did,
0: did you guys all know each other through that fellowship
4: yes yeah way cool and you, the common interest was motorcycles. motorcycles yeah, Absolutely. yeah
0: yeah absolutely
4: so I used to when I was early in the fellowship before I was even clean um 10 years ago I used to see Aaron uh and phil and and other guys and and dave uh, folks that he was riding with they would roll up to the meeting and for me that was an inspiration uh that's that's what i want if you fast forward my life 10 years like these guys were the example to me
0: that's so cool dude Mm -hmm. that is so cool
2: you remember those times back then big dog i sure do (laughs) i was riding that pink cloud back then and i still am
0: (laughs) nice nice well good so talk to me about how, so you, you get the name put together. Do you guys, you guys already all had bikes? Like, yes. like yeah. when did it really start to kind of take off? I know you guys now have a logo, you got a Facebook page, right? Like when did it really start to kind of get
4: gravity and start moving? So in, well, what started is we formulated the idea back in 2019. Um, it, we had the idea sooner than that, but it. There was a lot of, of different moving parts that are associated with it. Um, but before we had motorcycles, we had talked about it and shout out to chaos. Uh, He was the first one to grab a motorcycle in my immediate inner circle. And we immediately connected with that. Um, we got motorcycles quickly from that point and said, Hey, let's stop talking about it and actually do it. Um, so there's some dynamics in motorcycle culture as far as uh, setting up the club goes. And we took care of that so we could be recognized. And um, and then we were off to the races at that point.
0: Cool. So explain the difference to me, Randy, between
3: a motorcycle club and a rider's club. So motorcycle club would stand for motorcycle club. MC, that would be motorcycles club. Um, there's the hierarchy basically of the of the food chain in the, in the, um, in the, uh, in the in the world in the MC world, okay, um, and then uh, Riders Club is just we're more enthusiasts. We don't have uh, a solid commitment like like they do. We're not committed one hundred percent to the club. Life does not one hundred percent revolve around the around the club. It revolves around life. Um, whereas with the MC world, it revolves around the club. I mean, if if your brother tells you, you know, if you're in if he's in Vegas and you're here and he tells you, you know, I need a pack of cigarettes, you get up and you go get that pack of cigarettes and take it to him.
0: Got you. So there isn't quite as much hazing and stuff. It's just a group of guys getting together that like. They love to ride, right? And they all, sounds like you guys all, fame anyways, ride for a purpose. Aaron, talk to me about that purpose. Like, are you guys a sobriety rider's club?
2: 100%. I mean, recovery is a huge part of our club. Uh, obviously, you know, it's definitely no alcohol or drugs or pills. Right, right. Um, no synthetic anything, you know. We're 100% clean. Um, and that's what it's about i love it
0: that's fantastic so christian on march 13th wrote on social media um hope can be delivered with loud pipes wind and freedom what, what inspired you to, to to post that And it's got a picture of all you guys in your in your bikes
4: that represents what we stand for as a club um, naturally a lot of the club is based on ourselves right there's a portion of that the freedom that we enjoy the brotherhood that we enjoy But what our purpose as a club is, it is a platform that we use to support the recovery community, right? Rather it be so-and-so needs bodies to help them move something from house A to house B. Um, if somebody's struggling through financial support and we see them and we know them and we know that it's valid, we can come band together and make a difference in that individual's lives because they're in recovery and because they're working a program, sometimes life happens, right? um and with us it's a little bit different because you know we don't require forms we don't require you know you don't have to if somebody's in some trouble we have the ability to show up and and help them and so that's the message that we're putting out and attempting to putting out to the recovery community is we're not out here just writing for ourselves we are 100 percent out here writing for you as well
0: yeah absolutely that community support that's fantastic. And look, let's just say that like, I don't, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. I'm not trying to badmouth any organization or anything like that. But typically, motorcycle clubs, based on if you watch historical films and things like that, they have a little bit of a rougher edge. Yes or no? Yes. That's kind of the, right? Um, the thing I love about what you guys are doing, though, is it's the opposite of that. The message is about recovery. The message is recovery is possible. There's hope. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So let's talk about some of the community stuff that you guys have done. As you can tell, I've... I've come prepared here. As the mics go silent. Okay, August fifteenth, <laughs> two thousand twenty-one. Uh, I see that you guys raised some money for a uh, female in sober living. Cool. Who, who wants to tackle that one?
2: Go ahead. Go ahead, Crispy.
4: So we did a fundraiser, um, which was in April, um, and the objective was to raise scholarship funds for uh, sober living residents. So it was actually two scholarships that we, we provided, one for a female and one for a male. And it was a full ride scholarship um, into sober living, off the streets into sober living. That's Some, awesome. Yeah, I mean, sometimes folks are out there. When I look back on my story, I wanted to get clean long before I got clean. But when I got clean, it was still the recovery community, the treatment centers, all of that stuff was still fairly new. So we didn't have as readily available resources as we do right now. So the objective was to give that individual a hand up. And we obviously can't control how well that they do or how long it lasts for them. But if we can change somebody's life by getting them off the street and giving them a shot, what they do with it is up to them. But we are 100% um, adamant about providing that shot.
0: And that's incredible, right? Because some individuals don't have that opportunity. Like some individuals, if you're on the streets, how how are you going to be able to to do that unless somebody comes along and is willing to help you kind of all right look we'll we'll support you in your first step and like you said crispy from that point on it's up to you so talk to me a little bit about let's hear from from you aaron like what did what participation did you have in that do you remember the event that you guys had you guys raise money i,
2: I do remember the event it was uh it was a uh poker run correct harley davidson oh harley davidson yeah so we had uh got together know, advertised it, got together at Harley-Davidson, and, you know, we had some pretty cool games, motorcycle games. And uh, it was a huge turnout. I think it was better than our club even expected. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Where was it at? Harley-Davidson. Zion Harley-Davidson.
0: Oh, wow, at the Harley-Davidson store. Mm-hmm. Sean actually made an ad for that one. Sean Deniman.
3: I did? Yeah, that was the one you made the ad. Oh, yeah, the, I did. What, yeah, 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 of course I went. Nice. You didn't even
0: know you were a part of that thing, I'm huh? so famous, <laughs> I don't realize how famous I am here. That's so. super cool. That's
3: way cool. What kind of memories did you have from that, Randy? It was just good times, man, getting out there, you know, riding, doing the games, you know, the, you know, the wife on the back of the bike and, and doing the, you know, the, the games with her on the bike and uh, just spending time with the family, you know, the brothers and, and the brotherhood, because that's, that's a big part of the, of, of the riding is having a brotherhood, you know, and, and we're all, you know, just we got solid brotherhood here. And so we're, that's, that's the things that I enjoy and love. And of course, the food yeah hey (laughs) now you're talking my language
0: absolutely the food for sure so so and then i know that back in uh july around july 31st of 2021 you got there talked to me about there was a baseball event st george pd versus recovering addicts the third annual softball game what did you guys do what what part did you guys play in that
3: that that was awesome that was uh we we actually um all met up prior to the game um, and then, as as they were getting ready to start the game, we all rode up the side of the field on our on our Harleys, circled around inside the field, presented the flag, and everybody sang the national anthem. And then we got back on our Harleys and rode on out. Um, and that was uh, the uh, police officers against uh, convicts. Uh, softball game, so Cops that was pretty cool. Convicts. Cops versus convicts, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. A
2: huge shout out to Ty Ampe for inviting us to do that. Absolutely, that was, that was really awesome.
3: That was, yeah, that was very stand out on that one. That, that that's one yeah. that stands out in my mind for for years to come. It will still stand out. Yeah, it was special.
0: Any other events that you guys have done that I wasn't able to find on social media that you want to talk about?
4: We did have a poker run during our first year. Um, that was just to help a fellow addict that was going through some personal issues. Um, we've got events coming up. We'll make sure you know about those. Um, all all of the events too, like we, we throw the event, but there's a lot of support from other local clubs and, and the motorcycle community in general. And it's something that we definitely do together. They're all very supportive of what we're doing as a club. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Love it. Okay. So we've kind of introduced you guys. We've painted this picture of what you do in the community, how you help out. But I know on some level, like there, this club has to be super important to you and your own recoveries. So, so maybe let's talk, let's start with Aaron. Like what, what is it that this club really, how does it help you stay clean? How does it help you stay working a program, stay involved in, in working on bettering yourself?
2: Well, for one thing, these guys keep me in check, which is a big job.
0: So a Um, little bit of accountability.
2: Yeah. And, and if I do something wrong or I say something wrong or I'm not doing something, my brother's are going to let me know. So it's, you know, it's an accountability. And, uh, you know, it's about having fun. It's about having fun and recovery. Which
0: I see you doing a lot of. Oh, yeah. Just the every, other every weekend. Cha- you, every
2: chance we get.
0: You were down at the Virgin River with the
2: wife and the, the, the pit bull. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Oh, man. That's I was right. jealous.
0: Did you guys ride your bike down there?
2: No, no, no. No? No. Cool.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good, bro. <laughs> I, do, I do a little Facebook stalking before I come on here to have some
2: ammunition. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so
0: yeah cool so just kind of the accountability piece having a group of people you can hang around like-minded individuals anything else you want to add
2: well i gotta say you know i've always rode you know with friends never in a club yeah um i've been riding pretty much my whole life since i was 14 so uh you know i always looked at clubs like i don't need a club to be tough i'm already tough right sure um but i was missing an important part of of the brotherhood um that camaraderie, the camaraderie' like uh, you belong. you know if if I'm running into trouble in recovery, who do you go to? You know your support bro- systems The brotherhood is where it's at. Yeah. You know, I don't run to a female and ask for help. I run to the brotherhood. I mean, the sisters in recovery are way cool. I love them, but the brotherhood's where it's at for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's how you keep yourself still married and out of trouble.
2: exactly <laughs> right My I got wife like a chuckle
0: and- from Randy on that one
2: my wife encourages me to ride with these guys yeah and uh it's you know it's a level of trust like no other when you're going 80 90 mile hours down the freeway you know i trust these guys to be right by me like within inches i trust them with my life basically you know and there's no other feeling like that in the world
0: yeah that's a whole nother level of connection for sure for sure
2: all right crispy what does this being a part of fame really do for you
4: um and your recovery it does a lot of things it a it keeps me really really busy (laughs) right i'm sure yeah that that it definitely does um but it's it's also a matter of a standard that's expected of me um not everybody in the club is equal right we all have different service positions but it's not there's no hierarchy in the club as far as who runs the show and whatnot like we're all equal brothers um and but the accountability that I'm held to. If I am having a really rough time and I need to talk about it like that, they're there no matter what, you know, if I have an emergency, whether it be an, a medical emergency, someone that I'm close to that I, um, that needs help, I can put a message out and they will be there in a matter of minutes. Like we had one of our brothers, unfortunately, um, got hit by a car not too long ago and he's, Mm. he's healed and is, doing well, I'm sure sure you know the situation, but we were able to uh, show up as a club, take care of his motorcycle, take care of him long before the cops were all done doing what they were doing long before he was off in the ambulance. It was just a matter of minutes. And that's having that resource is a miracle in itself. Um, But if I'm struggling and if I take a drink of anything or if I use anything, I'm out of the club. Right. There's no, it doesn't mean that they're not going to help me and support me on my way back in, but I have to walk away and it's just not worth it to me. And so if I run into that moment, I can process that. And it's, it's just not worth walking away from the brotherhood.
0: So it's basically you value it higher than, than that substance or that drink. It gives you something that's more important in a way, kind of your higher power or higher group of, of people that, that helps overcome that urge hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, man. I'm loving this so much. I got
2: one other thing I got to add that I forgot. So when I joined fame,
0: no take backs, uh, <laughs> just, just kidding. No, this one's good. Go ahead, it's go important, ahead. bro. You know, I love you. Come on. man. So, Let's hey, get it.
2: so listen, it was like during COVID. Yeah. And they had, uh, the Alano club shut down. Hmm. Right. And I was feeling that, that isolation, which is, is danger for, oh, yeah. for somebody like us. Red flags. Know? Um, so fame was my way of getting together with these guys and talking recovery and talking out those issues where you know the zoom meetings weren't cutting it for me right yeah i'd be sitting in my jacuzzi looking at zoom not paying attention (laughs) and uh, i wasn't getting anything from them i really wasn't so uh yeah these guys man they basically saved my life yeah
0: i love it can you can you picture big dog just chilling in a in a jacuzzi on a zoom meeting I was on a couple of them Zoom meetings.
1: <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it, man. Cool. Talk to me uh, talk to me Diz. What is what is being a part of of fame really do for you in your recovery? And I'm sorry that you had to go last, man. I really. No, 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 you're These good. guys may have taken everything. So just say ditto if you need to.
3: No, no, no. So uh, just a, a a couple things like I went through a time and um, in recovery we got to learn to reach out to, to each other. You know, we got to learn to um, tell people when we're hurting or when something's going on. And I just got through a, a period where I didn't reach out. I let I let anger and and stuff just took took over, and and I got mad, and I really got mad, and I, I abused um, who I, who I, I, those brothers that I cared about the most, and I lost my patch for a while, um, and I was like, it's like it's like losing a brother, or losing a mother. You know, it it was that that deep of a hole in my heart. I, I hurt so bad. And um, I had to work my way back to get my patch back and, and you know, just recently got it back. And, and um, so that brotherhood is like amazing. And to have those guys there and, and, and to know that I can always look at, look towards someone and say, hey man, I need some help. You know, that, that, that really just opened that up in my eyes and, and let me see that and, and let me see how much that brotherhood meant to me in that way, so.
0: Beautiful, Diz. We're gonna get back to that as soon as we have this little 30 second uh, commercial break from our sponsors, Steps Recovery Centers.
1: You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn.
2: I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery and Once you become of The Steps family, you're just a part of The Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also gonna help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're gonna give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times, and it's more about you than it is about our organization.
1: We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers.
0: Thank you for that message, Desmond Lomax. This has been fun, guys. Like, So for those of you that are just catching this, uh, episode 75, part one was all about getting to know uh, some of the guys from FAME, finding out what FAME stands for, some of the community events that they've been participating in what being a part of a, a writer's club means to them and how it helps them in their recovery, uh, really what sets fame apart from from other writing groups. And I mean, this has just been fun. Like, this is really what it's all about, right? The the connection piece, everything you guys are sharing. I love it. But right before, um, oh, oh, let's get this knocked out. So episode 75, part two is brought to you by the Hilton Garden Inn. If you or a loved one are traveling through uh, St. George, check out the Hilton Garden and They have amazing amenities. They're always clean, beautiful rooms. They have a really nice pool. Can't say enough about the service. Um, and then also, sponsorship mention number two, uh, episode 75, part two is also brought to us by Recovery Strong. Recovery Strong is all about fighting addiction and strengthening recovery. Uh, if you want to wear your recovery out loud and basically say, uh, give the old thumbs up to the stigma, go to recoverystrong.com click on the gear tab. They have some really cool t-shirts, really cool hats. Um, it all goes to a really good cause. The Shaw's are amazing. Uh, they're always are giving back and doing community events and things like that. So I actually got on one of their shirts today, pretty sweet little recovery, strong shirt, recovery, strong hat. So thanks to all our sponsors. Love those guys. Okay. Let me just real quick. I, I mean, I, he, he, Diz was in the moment like, dude, when you were talking, like it kind of went from like nervousness and a little bit of like some laughter to like vulnerable dude. Like your whole body language shifted. I could tell you started like I I could tell that this
3: means a lot to you by what you shared. It's uh the club is super important to me. It's it's something my wife knows um my, my whole family knows that um that this is life or death for me. I mean, it's it that's recovery too, as well. It's life or death. I need to stay connected with the with the brotherhood. I need to stay connected with the you know the people around me. And, um, when I was, when I was away from the club, I, I just, I, I disconnected from everybody for a while. And, um, it it was a scary point in my life and it definitely was, you know, I was coming up on two years and, and I'm grateful I made it to that two years because I was in a bad place and, and, um, luckily my brothers loved me through it. You know, they, even though I had, I had done what I'd done, they still loved me. They still were there for me, guiding me, helping me and keeping me through. You know, I didn't use it or nothing like that. It was just the anger part of it. And But the brothers helped me through it, and, and, and I was able to put my patch back on, you know, and I'm able to sit here today with, with, wearing my patch as a member.
0: I love that. You know, because you can talk about how, how deep the connection is and how much it means to you. But, I mean, like, that's the closest you're probably ever going to see Randy come to tears, right? Like, it's a pretty tough dude sitting over there. Yeah. Um, so Super that just tough. goes to show that the level of uh, meaning that, that you guys have. All right, Sean. Sean's got a question for
1: our guys. Oh, this is a little on the latter side, though. You each have a nickname, and there's usually a uh, story to go with the nickname. You guys want to share your story? This is like for some, your in- nickname? some
0: insider information here.
3: Mine, mine just came from, uh, you know, uh, when I was in recovery before I went, went out and had, had uh, when I came back, uh, there was a group that called me uh, Randizzle. Um, Aaron and, and his wife and some others, they call me Randizzle. And so I just kind of rode, rode with that and went to Diz. Plus, the wife didn't like Diz, so I had to go with Diz. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's, let's just keep going. Yeah. Uh, back in
4: 1996, I was in a, a fire where I would gotten gasoline on my leg, and I got third-degree burns from my ankle to my knee. Um, and ever since then, I was Crispy Critter
0: dang that's crazy yeah. <laughs> that's awesome
2: all right big dog shoot it speaks for itself you know i've been, <laughs> I've been called i've been called a lot of things but um you know a A-A aaron uh
0: that's what i like to call you a big a, a- i like to call you n n a Ron.
2: big a n a ron uh but i've always been pretty much called big dog for a long time and and the club basically said hey that's your nickname Like it or not, Uh, yeah, you're AKA big dog.
4: When you have him next to his uh, bulldogs, it looks like a family photo for sure. Like (laughs) for sure. Who says
2: dogs don't look like their owners, huh? Yeah,
4: absolutely. Yes,
0: Yes, absolutely. All right, so I feel like that was kind of a setup question for you, though, Sean, because the counselor in me is coming out and and let's. So, what would we get? What nickname would we give Sean if Sean was in a? Well, I have two
1: nicknames. One I like. One I don't.
0: Oh, okay. So.
1: The one that I'm, I'm called Mad Max because my bike looks like a Mad Max, you know. Out of Fury Mad road. Max? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's a cool one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like it. The other one's not so cool. What is it? We were on a ride. We were at a hotel someplace, and uh, I, I guess I got my time mixed up. So I spent more time in the shower. I got ready for the ride. Hey, princess, <laughs> what's taking you so long? Hey, princess, you done shampooing? <laughs> so now they call me princess because I... Wanted to bathe before spending 500 <laughs> miles on a bike. Yeah, my bad.
0: <laughs> That's not a bad nickname. I'd rock Princess. I'd, I'd rock that with pride, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they're like, when are you going to get your patch? I'm like, if it says Princess, I'm not wearing the patch, man. <laughs> I probably will. I
2: probably. Yeah, hey, I got to put Jared on the spot. So Jared's going to sell his truck and get a bike.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh, Do you does, does, the, does the wife know? She knows. She doesn't love the idea.
1: hey. Hey. She- <laughs> He's gonna sell the truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she
0: so she knows she's not exactly. We've,
2: we've got we've already got a nickname for for Jared. Oh boy, J Dog. J Dog.
3: I got a bike for Jared too. <laughs>
0: yeah, the one that does, the one that doesn't run. Yeah, fantastic. Sign me up, man. Ready to rock. Cool. So I appreciate you guys uh, kind of sharing everything you guys have shared so far. Uh, one thing that that I was curious about is obviously the whole wife not wanting to eat a motorcycle ties right into this question. Uh, it can be scary, yeah? Like yeah. riding a bike, there can be some pretty scary experiences. So what has been your guys's craziest or most scary experience while you've been out riding?
3: I, I've been hit from behind, um, just right there by the um, the Green Valley Market. I got hit from behind and literally, I, I didn't have a helmet on. And I remember flying in flo- slow motion on there. Don't hit your head, don't hit your head, don't hit your head because I didn't have a helmet. And I landed on my hands, on my, uh, my uh, legs and my knees. And I looked up and said, oh, minor bumps and bruises. Went to stand up and my ankle folded out from underneath me. Ooh! So that put me up in the hospital for a while. Um, and that bike was totaled, went away. Bought another one, of course, because I'm going to ride forever. Um, the one I'm trying to sell you right now, I got hit <laughs> from behind on that one as well. Um, not so much damage on that one, but still, I've been hit from behind twice here in St. George. I've been riding as long as Aaron and probably longer because I think I'm older than him. No, <laughs> <laughs> no hit from I've been behind
0: though. That's, that's a different kind of scary because you don't even see
3: it coming. Yeah. 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 Little old lady. She just, she said she didn't see me. It was a red light. She was, she was doing over 20 coming up to a red light and she hit me from behind. Dang. So, dude. you know, she just didn't see me. She didn't see the red light either. Obviously. That's scary.
0: <laughs> that is scary. Crispy, you got one for us?
4: I'm, I am I ride pretty uh, aware, you know, so I've been fortunate enough not to have anything too crazy. I've ran off the road a couple times, uh, or when you get stuck in between two <laughs> diesels and the wind's trying to suck you both directions, but that's kind of just part of my daily commute back and forth to Mesquite. I mean, it's just...
0: So you ride a bike back and forth every day?
4: Every day, yeah. I mean, not every day, uh, but about 80% of the time.
0: Okay, okay. What about in, like, the... Because my thing is, I've been telling Mandy, like, I can ride a bike down here year-round. Why not, right? Inexpensive on gas, insurance. So even when it's cold, you drive? You oh, You ride yeah. the bike?
4: Oh,
3: yeah. See, I, t- I grew t- up in Ogden. T- I grew up in Ogden, and I rode year-round.
0: Get out of here.
3: No, I bu- bundled up, gloves, everything. But, yeah, I rode year-round in, in Ogden as well. That's, that's cool, man. St. Cool.
4: George definitely has year-round riding weather. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, big dog. Craziest, craziest Shoot. experience you've had on a
2: bike? Um, I got to say, in all honesty, it it's scary. It can be scary. Um, around town, you got to be really careful. Uh, I have close calls every time I ride. People turn in front of you. Uh, you really got to watch, you know, the person driving in the car. Watch their mannerisms. Um, watch what they're doing. And just be really aware. Um, but it's actually, you know... When I go out and ride, I've already made my peace with God. Mm. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm protected out there. Um,
0: So you don't lose too many sleepless nights over it?
2: Not at all. None. None. I mean, you can get killed just walking out of the house in the morning. (laughs) That's true. Uh, But, you know, it's relatively safe, especially out on the freeway. Um, The new law they have, lane splitting, I think that helps a lot. Um I wish more people knew about it. I still get honked, honked at and flipped off. Um but I sh- I kill him with love.
0: You know, so educate them. Yeah, for sure. You're that kind of guy. Yeah. Even when people follow you yeah. in, in their car to yell at you. Yeah. We or- won't go to that story though. So <laughs> Randy knows what I'm talking about. Uh the stuff crazy stuff happens to to Big Dog, doesn't it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. what's lane splitting? Educate the the listeners.
2: So that's just a law they came up with in utah it's it's been It's been that way in California for for years and years and years, but uh Utah finally got on board and it's it's basically when you've got a bunch of traffic, you can lane split up to the middle up up the middle to the light as long as you're not going any more than fifteen miles an hour and once that light turns green, you have to merge into the lane
0: okay, but until you get there, you can go between vehicles,
3: yeah. Big dogs from California, so he calls it lane splitting. But here in Utah, it's actually called lane filtering. Um, the law here, so it's just a little bit different law. Just in case people start looking up lane splitting, they're not going to find lane splitting. That it would be known as lane filtering here.
0: Okay, I'm, I, so this podcast is in a ton of states, man. Ton of states. Every state in the United States except for two of them. Uh, I wonder how many of the other states have that law. Is it a pretty common theme in in other states?
2: Right, there's only there's there's a few. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just second nature to be. So right, it, you've been doing it since you were what? Fourteen? I, I was doing it before it was legal here in Utah. You were <laughs> probably
0: driving before you were legal to drive.
2: <laughs> He's not legal to drive now.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fun. Good times. All right. So, yeah, I already asked that question. Okay, so we're we're getting into. It's been great so far. Really, if I had to paint a picture or put a definition out of what we've covered so far, it's your guys' life in recovery today, right? I mean, you're a part of a part of this writing club, getting out doing events, raising money for people. A lot of really good stuff. Life hasn't always been like this, though. I'm sure. Let's just share clean time. So I know you you mentioned, Ren or sorry,
3: uh, Diz, two two twenty uh, years. I got two years in February twenty third. Two years.
4: Yeah, crispy. August seventeenth of two thousand seventeen. Cool.
2: 5-11-2008. Beautiful. Seven three 2014 Beautiful.
0: So two, I'm terrible at math. Four and a
2: half. Four and a half. Thirteen. Going on fourteen.
0: 13, seven. There's a lot of clean time in this room. Absolutely. Life wasn't always this good, guys. Talk to me about nope. like like what was your lowest point, your AKA rock bottom. I don't always believe in rock bottoms, but it's fine. It's a it's a buzzword. Or turning point,
3: like when you
0: just decided that you'd had enough.
3: Like how did you get here today? I can say for myself, um, since I got the less clean time out of everybody, I'll go ahead and speak. Um, when I was living in my trailer, um, I had a travel trailer that was out parked on side house, married to my wife, hiding from my wife so that she didn't see that I was using, um, hiding from everybody, just not wanting to see anybody, of any of the, you know, the brothers that I knew from for a long time, you know, Aaron, people like that, I didn't want to run into them, nobody, nowhere, didn't want my wife to see me, so I'd, you know, um, I ran my own business for for several years now, so I would sleep or do whatever I did until about five, six o'clock at night, because I knew what time my wife got off, and then I would hurry and leave an hour hour or so before she got home, and then I wouldn't come home until after she went to bed. Um, but just having to hide from my wife and and my family and not not be present for them in their lives, um, that was my turning point, you know. And and um, luckily, my wife finally told me one day. She says, "You know what?" you're either going to go to treatment or you're going to go one of the two. That's that's your two choices. And as fast as she said it, I said, when do I start? You know, I was ready to go. I was knew that it was time. I knew that I was over with and I didn't want to be there no more. And I just asked her when and where. And, um, so she had me set up, but she's like, you're going on Sunday. Oh, you know, this was like a, a, a Monday. And she's like, you're going Sunday. The bus will pick you up and you're going. I was like, all right, let's get up. That's awesome. So, you know, just having that wife that, um, she knew but she didn't want to know so she just let me stay in the trailer and just didn't try to see me and and but finally it just come to a point that she just couldn't couldn't do it no more she just didn't want to she didn't want to do it no more she wanted to have what she signed up for and that was you know a husband that was there for her present for her um you know i made a commitment to her to, and 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 uh you know through the church you know i i, I i've you know we took temple vows and and um, she wanted that. That's what she wanted. And that's what she wanted back. And, and so it was time. And so that's where we're at today. Beautiful, man.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. Crispy, what is your turning point or rock bottom look like?
4: Mine is not overly complex. I'd, uh, I, I had a sample of recovery uh, back in about 2010 range. Um, I didn't understand recovery, but I had a little sample. So I knew that there was something different. So every success that i'd ever had tumbled down with the use of drugs um you know all traveling different countries working you know high positions all everything that i ever accomplished always came crumbling down so
0: so you built it up and burned it down several times several
4: times yeah yeah and i I mean, some of the opportunities that I burned down were, would have been really big opportunities. I probably very much would have still been at at some of those today. It provided that I was living a different way. Um, so I knew that there was something different that was available. I just didn't completely understand it. So when you fast forward to the day that I got clean, um, I'm sitting on a couch and I. I'm self-medicating with any way that I can, just to try to maintain enough energy to move because it's not my couch. I'm sitting on somebody else's couch, and the clock is ticking uh, uh, to the time frame that I have to be there. Right, and so I'm trying to think of my next move, and it's either go out and do something dramatic to. I accumulate enough monetary, uh, support to maintain, to continue to maintain that, which I'd been doing that for a while. And it was just up, down, up, down, up, down. So, uh, I just, a light turned on and it said, Hey, this you've had enough. Like if you go back out there this time, um, there might not be any turning back for a long time. And it just the way that I felt at that moment. So I had called a, uh, a friend of mine and, that, hey, I've got to figure something out. Um, we got to get me locked up away for a little bit. Um, I didn't have any way of going through detox or treatment or anything like that, no money, no money, no insurance, nothing. Kay. Um, and so I was like, give me a ride to the hospital. Um, and we're just gonna, we're, you and I will, we'll collab on this story that I'm suicidal and it's about to go down. So I get there, they take me in. Um, I get a little bit of clean time just, you know, a few days. And then they say there's a place out in Phoenix that accepts everybody. It wasn't a treatment center. It was, but it again, would allow space. So I went out there. That was a really hard environment out there, but I stayed clean throughout its entirety. And then by the time that I came back home, I had about three days and I had absolutely nothing, but I had more than what I did when I was still using. Right. I had my, my sense. Um, and so it was never a question of, do I want to go back to that misery, right? So that was my turning point.
0: You know what I love about that? No. <laughs> I always say, like, people talk about, you know, treatment centers and different options and different pathways. And like, when you're ready, it doesn't matter if you don't have a dime to your name. It doesn't matter if you don't have any insurance. If you want to get clean, there's a way to do it.
4: Absolutely. Hundred percent, yeah. Right, like
0: like the treatment center that I went to, and, and I'm going to get to you, Big Dog. Sorry, Good. I just I just got this little rant I got to go off on here for a minute. Like, do it to it. Mine was a Medicaid treatment center, and it was around a bunch of dudes that had been counted out from prison, and it was a, a bunch of like dudes that that were not, uh, you know, they they were some scary dudes. Right, uh, I was ready to get clean, so that's all it, that's all it took. You know what I mean? And I love your story because it's like, be resourceful sure just take that first step in faith whether it's going to the hospital or heck even the first step was calling a friend right yeah and and if you truly have the desire a path will unfold that's the beautiful thing about all of us in this, this table i had somebody call me last week and say hey i'm out here dying on these streets i know that you're a guy people have told me that you do this podcast and you know can you help me out and i gave him some resources to go to i don't know what happened to him but i gave him some resources. like it, once you're ready just take the first step and the path will unfold itself absolutely that's super cool. Thank you. All right, big dog. All
2: what right, was buddy, your rock how, bottom? How much time we got? Which time? <laughs> <laughs> Which rock bottom you want to talk about? Well, the one that finally stuck. The one that finally stuck would probably be the best. All right, so I used and abused for thirty years, running and gunning on and off. Um, you know, a big shout out to uh, to Judge Beecham. Sent me down to the Salvation Army in Las Vegas to a, a six month in house treatment and uh
0: you're showing some love to a judge
2: yeah definitely that's even that's even cool. better than that after i got done and graduated uh P, adult probation and parole uh really helped me out i had two different parole officers that uh you know shout out to them um they really they, helped me along the way
0: they were positive support systems they were somehow po-
2: they were positive they weren't just out to get you no they called me on my
0: <laughs> wow
2: yeah it's <laughs> amazing how um, that works They made a deal with me, at least my last parole officer made a deal with me. He said, if you can stay clean for 18 months and uh, pay your fines, he goes, I'll terminate you off probation. pretty So, you know, I did, I did. And and he terminated me after 18 months. And uh, right away, I started thinking that, you know, I could use and drink on the weekends and Mm. still maintain my job. Mm. Uh, Of course, we know what happens. You know we week- all know what happens weekends yes. turn into every single day mm-hmm. and uh which was truly a gift in the end i mean i went out for for four more years running and gunning and uh the disease and, and that decision took everything from me um you know i don't know why our ends sometimes start with a trailer but mine did uh <laughs> somebody had given me a travel trailer that i was living in out in the desert and i had a good job okay i was doing flooring and uh but i was broke i was broke and and you know nobody'd even loan me a dime in the end uh, the people i used with didn't even want to hang out with me yeah um i felt better just being out in that trailer out in the desert than i did around people um and i knew at that point you know i was either going to die doing this or i was going to get arrested eventually and fortunately you know uh one day i was pulling that trailer through the gorge and uh, I was doing about 90 miles an hour, and that trailer started fishtailing on me, and, and I stacked it up in the Virgin River Gorge. And, uh, you know, I, I was totally – I didn't get hurt. There were some pileups behind me because people drive too fast in the gorge.
0: Like you dumped it in the river.
2: No, oh, no. Oh. On a bridge about 100 feet off the river, <sighs> Whew, the trailer like... broke free from the frame of the truck and passed me up going backwards. Get out of here. Are you serious? Serious, serious bro. For Look a at, second,
0: did you just think like, is this oh, really happening or am I just tripping? Yeah, I thought I was
2: going to die. <laughs> so I don't mean to laugh, but it's but, just. It, and then, you know, my thought, my thought was I had forgotten I had a warrant out of Washington County. And then my only thought was, you know, was my one eyed cat that was in the back of the trailer. Um, So I get out and I'm looking for the cat. And it took about 30 minutes for the highway patrol to show up. And, you know, I give them my my driver's license and you know, I'm thinking everything's going to be good. And hey, that cop was shaking when he came back. He says, I need you to put your hands behind your back. Mm. And you he know, most, who pe- you were. Yeah, most people would be bummed out, but it was like the hugest sense of relief for me. Cause I knew it was time, you know, I knew it was time. And, and they took me to purgatory and, and they told me, look, if you don't come up with 10,000 cash only by the morning, we're going to take you to uh, Kingman, Arizona. Cause uh, Arizona made you a fugitive justice. And I didn't even understand all that. And of course, you know, I didn't make a call cause nobody's going to loan me $10,000. Might as so, well have been a million. Nah, might as well have been, been, been a million. But, uh, so Kingman was a dirty, hot, nasty jail. If anybody's ever been locked up in there, uh, you'll definitely find God. Mm. But, uh, after that, they brought me back to purgatory and then, uh, you know, I knew I was done at that point. I was forty-four years old, beat down. Um, everything I owned had been in that trailer, so all I had in life basically was a desire to stay clean, and uh, the clothes I got arrested in.
3: Hey, wait, what happened to the cat?
2: Never found him. Oh, never found
3: man. him. It's it's still haunting the gorge right now.
2: Yeah, I, I believe me. When I got out of jail, I went back and looked for him. That's too bad. Uh, but you know what, That's all it was, you need. That's it, a, I was given the gift of desperation, yeah. which, which uh, you know, was the best gift I've ever been given. Yeah. And while I was incarcerated, you know, H&I Hospitals and Institutions uh, was bringing meetings of Narcotics Anonymous into the jail. And uh, one night, this guy named uh, Phil, A.K. Eastwood, one of our club members, brought that meeting into jail. And I was finally I was listening to what he what he was saying. And I was hearing a message of hope and freedom. Mm, and yeah. I thought, if this guy can do it, why can't I?
0: And that's what I hope anybody that's listening right now to your guys' episode can think that, right? Absolutely. Or people that are in early recovery, like, can I continue to do this? Because oftentimes I feel like we're speaking to that addict that's still suffering. Those people probably aren't listening to that podcast. I hope they are. But if not, we're speaking to that person in early recovery. Cool. You guys, we got about 30 seconds left here. Take us out. If people are interested in in becoming a part of fame, or what do you got? What's the the closing message that you want to give out? Got to have it. Go
3: ahead you gotta at least have a year clean before you can even be considered for for fame in, in any way shape or form but um i'm gonna let you speak on that
4: yeah first uh i want to also send love to all our other brothers that uh, we, we didn't have time to mention today but uh, we we definitely couldn't do this without them as well um we the best thing to do is if if you want to get connected with us is just participate you'll see us around the family affiliated clothing line you'll see that around um and if you need help don't hesitate to reach out instagram or facebook beautiful thank you guys so much i really from the bottom of my heart thank you for coming
0: on today this was fun
4: thank you for joining us today on we do recover with
0: jared miller help us spread our message of hope Like, comment, and share. If
3: you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page.
0: That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening.
1: Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from a podcast studio.